and I'll bet that they're being heard on every radio telescope on the entire Earth. Are you feeling by any chance like a goober? I know you are, but what am I? What does it look like I'm doing picking goobers? Pardon me, did I hear you say? On the radio, he is introduced like this. Hands on a clock when they tick and they talk. Tell us that the world keeps spinning round and round and round. Right, welcome back to the Goober Hour. I am now here. I'm happy to say I'm here with the relative minors, Kieran Matt. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you. Yeah, we're really excited. This is a long time coming. I feel like I've been playing your songs in three iterations of the show at this point, which is kind of insane. Um, and it's very rare that I get to talk to people um, that Spotify literally tells me that I'm like, because I was looking <laughs> yeah. at the Zing Zang Spotify and you guys are right there. We're right there on yours. Yeah. Spotify made this happen. Shout out to Spotify. I hope I get sponsored. <laughs> First of all, I just want to say I'm a big fan. Obviously, I love your guys's music. We're going to go right to the beginning. I want to know what led you to become the Relative Minors? What got you into music? How would your biopic start if we were making a Relative Minors movie? <laughs> we were just joking about this. We were saying it was a rags to riches story. <laughs> it's really, <laughs> what were you saying? Uh, we started slightly above the bottom and we ended slightly, slightly above ab- that. Slightly above that. <laughs> <laughs> no, but the, the it, we were joking about it because the the project originally started because we didn't have any money and we wanted to get a nice birthday present for our, our three-year-old niece. And we were both musicians and uh, we were newly married. And we're, we, so we thought, why don't we just like write her some songs, record them in GarageBand. And so that's when we, uh, we made our original, the, the, the debut demo album, uh, which was, uh, it was called uh, The Ostrich Plays the Bass. And it had, I think, six or seven songs, including sandwich pet and grown up which ended up being relative minor songs uh properly ultimately so that's how it started and that was way back in 2012 she loved it she gave it to all her friends and then we ended up playing the birthday party scene <laughs> unintentionally <laughs> yeah so her next, amazing our, our little niece who's now what 14 uh, yeah so she she wanted a relative minor actually wanted she wanted a the walrus ate all the bananas themed birthday party the next year (laughs) and that's an honor and they got us to perform for her friends and things like that so we started kind of thinking oh maybe we're maybe we found something found a bit of a niche so it's very cool i think we we both share that too um i remember us talking back in the original days of play music um saying that we were both going into the studio to to sort of revamp our projects. Um, the difference is I'm a little younger. So mine was my garage band songs were recorded when I was like 13 years old. Mm-hmm. Um, but but I, I think it's so cool that you went in and kind of re- did a refresh. Is, are there any songs that you would not revive from that original demo album? <laughs> we do have quite a few that are on the absolute no list. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So the, actually the very, very first relative minor song uh, we, so we came up with the idea while camping one weekend, so we didn't have instruments with us or anything. <laughs> um, so we were just the two of us camping and we came up with a song called animal orchestra 
which we actually did share on Instagram not too long ago, but it's basically just a bunch of animal sounds kind of syncopated in interesting ways. <laughs> and the ostrich plays the bass. Yeah, and that's that's where the title of the, the that little <laughs> demo album came from. And of course, we had Andy, our, um, our baritone. baritone vocalist, <laughs> singing through that. It's just hilarious. No. But that <laughs> one I don't think will end up on a, on a proper Relative <laughs> Minors album, <laughs> maybe as like a uh, a legacy edition or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was going to pitch. Maybe your fourth album could be called Minor Caution. And it's just revamps of all the songs that you never wanted to re-record. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> There's one called The Nonsense Song. And we're basically just singing nonsense. Yeah. <laughs> improving. <Okay. laughs> wow. Okay. So we've got some scat. We've got different genres. That's very cool. Yeah. <laughs> On the topic of play music, what was it like to then take those songs that you had recorded on GarageBand years ago and, and bring them into the studio with new band members and everything? What was that experience like? Uh, it was really exciting. Unfortunately, the timing wasn't ideal. Uh, because we started to do it kind of uh, similar to the Zing Zangs. We, we released some singles leading up to the first album. So we actually were staggering out the recording. So we recorded, I think, three songs in fall of 2019. And then we were all set to begin the next set in March of 2020. Right. Uh, and, <laughs> and so we recorded drums for a couple of songs and then didn't do anything for several months, like most of us. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, so it was a bit of a strange process, actually. It was really, really exciting to, to like, like part of the idea behind the relative minors is we try to write the type of music that we would have been interested in as children ourselves. Like we're writing for seven year old Matt and Kier kind of, that's one of our, one of the ways we think about our approach. Um, and I was always really intrigued by like bands, the, the idea of playing in a band, being creative with your friends type of thing. So it was really cool to branch out this, this idea that was just Kira and I writing songs into a, more like a, a collaborative setting, getting more people involved and, and getting guest musicians and, and seeing kind of how far we could take it, kind of pushing our creative horizons a little bit it was really exciting. That's very cool. And you mentioned your songwriting approach. Um, most often, where do the ideas come from? I know you're a teacher, you guys are both parents. Um, these days, where does the inspiration come from? Uh, well, we both write songs differently. Sometimes our kids will say something funny and we'll just kind of look at each other and be like, yes, this could be a song. Or sometimes, um, <laughs> sometimes it just comes to us when we're grocery shopping or sometimes we sit down and we intentionally are trying to fill some sort of a, a niche or a need in, in our theme of our album or what have you. But we basically uh, come up with Lots of different ideas in lots of different contexts and ways. There's not really one set way. Yeah, we don't really have a formula. I guess that's that's kind of normal. We don't really have a, a formula for for creativity. We will like some. Of, I often will start with like the first line of a chorus, um, and that it'll sort of branch out from there. Like um, my my uh, child was trying to sharpen a pencil, and I I, I kind of winkingly said, "You got to sharpen a pencil for a long time before you see the point." And <laughs> I branched <laughs> off of that to make our the, the new single that just came out for our, our new album, Pencil Sharpener. Um, and it kind of just expanded from there. Um, sometimes we'll start with, uh, one of us will start with a musical idea rather than a lyrical idea. Um, like I, uh, I had a really interesting idea for a particular melody that could weave through a particular set of chords. And I, I just branched out from there. Uh, and oftentimes, like I like to, I like to write funny music. Um, 
And oftentimes I'll, I'll just think of, um, I'll end up thinking about two elements that kind of uh, conflict in some way. Uh, and then the comedy will come from there. Like I'm thinking of our song, A Successful Career is a Dog, which is about a, mm. a dog trying to get a job. And, and those two ideas don't really fit together. So that, uh, that enables a lot of kind of comedic lyrics. And actually, I, w- I wanted to mention to you, Trevor, that there's a song on the Zing Zangs album uh, that fits this model, uh, the pirates with aquaphobia. Mm. Obviously, there's these two elements, <laughs> pirates who spend time on the sea and and aquaphobia, which is a fear of the sea. So you were able to to derive a lot of comedic uh, lines out of that. And I actually wanted to mention it because we had a, the same idea <laughs> for a song. Same, yeah. <laughs> no way. Same, I could even so, share the lyrics. So it, we put it, we wrote it a couple of years ago. We put it on the no list because we just couldn't, we couldn't figure it out. And when we heard your song, we're like, oh, he figured it out. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh, that's so awesome. Yeah, and we're kind of glad that we we abandoned it because I think your song was ultimately better it than ours better, would have been. Yeah. <laughs> no. And maybe if it had been on Play Music, you might have said, oh, that's been done. <laughs> <laughs> Me and it's Emma similarly song. also write very differently. I come from a comedy background. Um, right before the Zing Zangs, I was playing comedy clubs. So I instinctively was making a song that was very mean to the pirates, I think. And yeah. and so she's the one who kind of came in and said, we have to be on the pirate side here. Like, this is for children. And I was like, you're, <laughs> you're correct. Maybe it's not, we're not good role models if we're making fun of someone's fears. I also, um, I fully agree with just sort of letting songs come to you. I think the ones that you don't force are always the best. And you can really tell with with your music. Some of my favorite songs that you guys have done, there's such a flow to the music that, that can only really be accomplished by just kind of letting it happen. That might be the biggest difference between more traditional children's music and the kindy scene is just is really prioritizing the music and letting it come rather than hammering out a message which is there's nothing wrong with hammering out a message messages are great too but um i think that's a really cool thing about your guys's music is that it really just kind of happens naturally right it's art first exactly yeah Yeah. that's always been the approach it's been uh like like i said we want to write music that we would have enjoyed as children so so we, we, we don't, like, like you were saying, we don't, the, the purpose isn't for it to convey a message, which I, I'm not saying that music that conveys a message can't be artistic because there's tons of really, really great children's music that has a positive message and yet is also beautifully constructed music, beautifully, beautiful art. Uh, but our approach has always just been like, we're just thinking about these kids as people that want music to enrich their lives and want to want to have a laugh, want to have a smile. And so that's, that's mm-hmm. our goal. As an adult listener, um, there are endless amounts of different genres that they can choose from. But oftentimes, children have one genre to choose from, and that's children's music, right? So mm-hmm. there are many genres within children's music. And uh, we just kind of wanted to branch out from there. Yeah, you're really feeling that they might be giants niche, but also, um, but also, I think there's such sincerity in the songs as well. I think it's a great balance. Thank you. Of course. And speaking of art, I have to bring this up. Inspirations. When you started the Relative Minors, or maybe since then, have there been any big inspirations, whether it's in the Canada kids music scene or elsewhere, um, that have really driven into your stuff? Uh, yeah, I mean, I've I've listened pretty broadly to the the kindy music that's out there, um, and there's there's some really great stuff. Like I'm really into ants, ants, ants. Mm-hmm. Um, They're great. They're just just really kind of like doing the same similar type of thing that we want to do with with kind of throwing back to 
like the rock music kind of days uh, in some of our songs. Um, and, uh, but generally we, we, and then like, as you mentioned, they might be giants is a, is a huge influence for me for sure. Um, but like most of our influences that we think about are, are not necessarily comedy or children's or novelty music. It's just, uh, just music that we like, like, like we said, we, we put a lot of work into the arrangement, the, the, the way songs are written, uh, instrumentally. Um, so we're just really influenced by like, we, we heard, uh, there's uh, an artist called Corey Wong, for instance. He's a like a funk guitarist that is really great. And we heard one of his songs and we're like, oh, we want to do something yeah, like this. We have to write Let It Out. <laughs> yeah. So that's where our, our kind of pop funk song Let It Out came from because he had a song in a similar style. And actually, Kirsten was working on it as a piano song before and we didn't quite figure out what we wanted to do with it. But uh, then we heard this one song. And we're like, oh, yeah, we should do something like this. And so it's really, really just lots of fun to uh, be able to play around with, with different genres, um, uh, uh, enjoy our influences and be inspired by them. Uh, but also like we try to have a, a, a cohesive sound, even though we're kind of nodding at different genres. So uh, I think, uh, that's, that's what we're working on. <laughs> it's really neat though, to, um, just be a part of the kindy scene and just like build relationships with so many other bands that are doing similar things. Um, there's just so many great, great artists out there. And it's just so nice that we're not on an island. We're all, you know, working together and, and kind of chatting with each other and building relationships. And we kind of have friendships with so many different people, you know, in the kindy scene. It's just lovely. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think there's, a, I'm, I won't name them, but there's definitely certain kindy reviewers out there. Um, that have literally told me, they're like, I never, ever want to see another press release that says kids' music that parents can actually enjoy yeah. or something, just because there's such a scene now of, yeah. ama of amazing shoes that have been filled uh, yeah. for music. And I think that's incredible that, that reviewers are tired of hearing that. Like, it's great that we have our own scene that really does that. Mm -hmm. I think it's cool. Yeah. yeah and, I, and I feel like your stuff really plays into that as well, in that um, the music production is so layered and full, um, mm -hmm. which I think is very cool. And speaking of layers... This is my transition into talking about your newest album, The Full mm. Circle. I'm very happy to finally have you here so we can talk about it. When I heard The Full Circle, my favorite thing, I know I messaged you right away about it, and you had said no one else had pointed it out. I literally talked to friends who aren't even in the kindy set. I was like, you wouldn't believe what I just heard on this album. <laughs> it loops. It's called The Full Circle, and it loops. It's incredible. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that, that whole loop thing was obviously what inspired us well that was what inspired us to call it the, the full circle. circle and so it, it opened up some creativity around things like the season song and the, the what, uh, goes what goes around so we had it, it it kind of opened up a vein for some additional creativity but the the loop the beginning and the end so the song the end song loops back into the beginning song uh i'd had that in my back pocket for like 12, 13 years or something. Wow. <laughs> so I, it was actually written for a, a solo project. I've been playing in indie bands since I was in high school, uh, but I was going to do a solo project about kind of all the, uh, like about the calendar, basically, kind of taking you through the year one song at a time. And then the final song was going to loop back into the first song to, to mimic what a year does. Uh, right. calendar does and so i wrote uh those songs that key change from one into the other then lyrically link together at the very end uh and uh i think we were we didn't put it on play music because we were like not totally sure it would it would it would kind of 
fit in the children's music vein uh, for some reason, but. And I think we, our very first album, we wanted a, a first song that would just really grab you. Yeah. Because some people, I know it's a really interesting technique that we did, but some people, you know, I can picture some people just skipping the first song because it doesn't sound like a, I don't know, a traditional <laughs> children's song. Yeah. Mm. That's true. Well, the fans appreciate it, myself included. Yeah. Well, I really appreciated that that people noticed, and because <laughs> you don't, you, you you kind of have to assume people will have their their Spotify or their CD player set to loop, which it isn't always the case. So you're right. kind of, I guess we're kind of kind of taking a bit of a gamble on on. Uh, I mean, they're also aptly named. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Beginning <laughs> and the end. <laughs> But That's I was true. actually going to point out, I, like, I know this isn't a Zing Zang's interview, but I was going to point out, <laughs> you did something similarly bold, I think, uh, with um, Let's Start a Band. I was just thinking about this a couple of days ago. Um, so the last section of Let's Start a Band, uh, you guys did, um, it, it kind of sounds like a bridge. So the part that, that ends with, uh, when our pat, uh, platinum selling album pays the rent, that, that bit. And I always expect it to go back to the chorus there. I don't know if you had a discussion about this, uh, but <laughs> it always kind of catches me off guard. I'm like, oh, they're going to go back to the course. Oh, they didn't. But then uh, in a more kind of broad view, you sort of do complete the song by showing the rest of your album, which is, uh, which is you know, right. the rest of the album is th- now that we've started a band, here are the rest of the songs. So I thought that was a really cool kind of so somewhat similar thing. Uh, oh, well, thank you for pointing it out. It's, um, we did not have a discussion about it, if you can believe it. It's, it's just, um, I think that I, like I said, by, I kind of come from a comedy background, so I'm used to prioritizing the lyrics. I think it was just, it, like, we didn't even talk about it. It was just, of course, Trevor ends the song with, like, a punchline, and then that's where yeah. it should end. Because you never, you never add on to a punchline once it's hit its peak. That's my comedy yeah. rule. Yeah. No, I've, I've actually been thinking a lot about this. I've been kind of getting back into Weird Al these days, and he's such a master of building comedy through a song. Uh, personally, I don't think of myself as a, 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 an especially funny person. Like it doesn't come naturally to me. I kind of have to like work at it. And it's something that I've been trying to trying to crack the code and something that you guys have done really well, obviously. Um, oh. But just like constructing the song so that it leads up to, like you said, like a punchline and, and kind of being content with that is something that I've been trying to try to improve on. <laughs> well, I, I remember in, the, I, I studied at the second city a lot and that's where I really crafted my comedy stuff. And I had um, a great coach who once told me that um, the traditional comedy song that always works um, on a comedy level is a verse that describes what's happening, but you haven't heard the punchline yet. And then the chorus is the punchline, like truly just like throwing them off guard with the verse. And then, Oh, that's what the song's about. That's a, apparently I'm just passing it forward. Apparently that is the structure of a true comedy song. And I know weird Al does that a lot as well. Yeah. Look for this on album four now. (laughs) (laughs) Well, fifth, because I'm still waiting for minor caution. (laughs) But I have to talk about the full circle. I have to get back into this because it it really was one of my favorites of the year, Um, not just because of the loop. And I noticed that what goes around is literally halfway through the album, which made me geek out. Um, That's my favorite song. Um, And it even references going around like a CD. So if any apt listeners did not discover that it's on a loop, you gave them many hints. That's all I'm saying. It's kind of their fault. Um, Do you have any memories of recording this? Because obviously this was, you already had an album out at this point when you were going into the studio for the full circle. Do you have any memories of recording that album? Uh, the studio is like one of my favorite places to be. So every moment there is, is in some way, or there's so many moments that are memorable. Um, 
But uh, I really like it when, like, we had the string quartet in on this album for the first time, which was really amazing, something uh, that took a little bit of courage because I don't have musical training, but I wrote the, some of the string quartet for this, these, these symphony musicians, which was really, really fun. Uh, and so that was definitely memorable. Uh, but the, the more spontaneous stuff is really, really memorable for me as well. Like, um, in the song robot tea party at the end of the bridge, I do this like ridiculous vibrato, which was kind of improvised. And then I, you can genuinely hear me laugh after. (laughs) So moments (laughs) like that, uh, are what stick in my mind. (laughs) I remember I was, um, doubling a harmony so I had my main melody vocals and then I had already sung a harmony and I was to double a vocal and often I will take one ear off especially when I'm doing harmony to make sure that I'm in pitch and uh, I had both the ears on so I couldn't really hear myself very well and it was like I was belting out this harmony and all of the guys are are um outside of the booth just listening and I keep saying there's something that sounds like a dying cat in the background I can't figure out what it is and they're like oh (laughs) They're like, it's you. <laughs> you <are> so <laughs> off tune. <laughs> like, oh my goodness, I couldn't hear myself. Uh, um, that's amazing. <laughs> Oh. Well, I mentioned what goes around. I think the chords are addictive for that one. I think from a writing perspective, that's why it's my favorite minor song so far. Oh, what okay. are your favorite songs off of the album? Uh, I think what goes around is my favorite song off the album because I, <laughs> I just was teaching a lesson. Um, I'm, pr- I'm a primary music teacher. I was a te- teaching a lesson on rounds. Um, and when I was on the Wikipedia page, it said it's actually difficult and there's not very many songs with rounds. And I thought, oh, that's a challenge. So I sat down intentionally and this was, did we have the concept for full circle yet? I can't yeah, remember. Yeah. yeah. So it kind of fit into that. So I just intentionally, that was, that was an example of a song that I just intentionally sat down to write that would include a round that would be included with the theme. Um, and I found it almost wrote itself because I just knew the parameters of what I wanted to do. Hmm. I really like uh, what goes around as well. It's a beautiful song. And uh, but <laughs> uh, so no, like genuinely, we, we kind of most of the songs on on well, we always work together on songs yeah. ultimately, but mo- usually one of us will obviously one of us will have the initial idea and maybe bang out the first verse in the chorus or something like that. Um, so what goes around is definitely one of Kirsten's songs that is, I just am a huge fan of as well. Uh, she has this natural tendency to make these beautiful melodies that kind of go in interesting places. And, and I think in this case, it's like six bars instead of four or something like that, which I appreciate. Um, but, uh, as for my own songs, actually, uh, I was just looking at the list just to kind of jog my memory. I, I really like my favorite hat, mm-hmm. uh, because that was actually one of the few ones that we, we wrote uh, to, to quote Lennon and McCartney, we wrote eyeball to eyeball. Um, <laughs> so we, we really sat down and we banged that one out together. So I have really fond memories of that, that uh, compared to the rest of the songs, which I also enjoyed uh, the and process. We of, also, but. like, we are 80s babies. So, like, we really wanted to write a song that felt very 90s, very REM kind of style. And yeah. it was just so much fun to dive we into. brought in the electric 12 string and all that. And then I also just really enjoyed another really favorite moment from the studio was when I when I got to record the bridge of that song, where I kind of do this, like, talking heads kind of yell sing yeah thing <laughs> which is so much fun for him to do live yeah. everybody always stops even if they're not really listening to our set people will stop and watch and sometimes pull out their camera to record them yeah it's so much fun uh, but then <laughs> i lose my voice um 
But uh, yeah, that was really, really fun. And I, I really enjoyed recording that. Uh, I like, unlike some vocalists, I actually really like it when people are in the studio listening in as I'm recording vocals, because it lets me kind of perform it a little bit more. Um, right. which I definitely did with that. I think I took two takes and then I was like, I can't do this anymore because <laughs> I just laid it all out. Um, I like that one a lot. Well, here at the Goober Hour, I like to ask a question that you have not and most likely will never again be asked. Um, I, I really want to stick out. So my question for you is, if the Relative Miners could collaborate with any artist, living or not, <laughs> who would be your ideal guest living or not huh mm-hmm. extremely broad <laughs> pool to choose from living or not it would have i mean oh my goodness beethoven <laughs> <laughs> he'd be like what are you doing <laughs> what are these instruments <laughs> i mean i just i i can't say anyone other than paul mccartney to start because he's just an insanely talented songwriter and a lot of my inspiration mm. and just how I write music and how I think about music has come from Paul McCartney. Yeah, we, we live in a fairly Beatles-centric musical universe. <laughs> uh, and kind of along the same lines, uh, I am a huge fan, as I said, of Electric Light Orchestra. And oh, Jeff yeah. Lynn is a brilliant uh, musician and a brilliant producer. So, I mean, if I'm if I'm being a very uh, ambitious, I would <laughs> I would love to work with Jeff Lynn. <laughs> Yeah, I've I've just been getting back into Xanadu. It's incredible. Yeah. I've been playing some songs on the show. Ugh, that soundtrack is just ear candy. It's amazing. Yeah, for sure. But probably Weird Al. <laughs> <laughs> After all of that. <laughs> he would just be a friend to work with. And you know he's he's just a lovely man and he would just like you know, yeah, I feel like I, I he would just Trevor's, be friends with us. Trevor's spoken to him before? Yeah, yeah. I've had the I've had the honor of chatting with him on the show. Um I did this New York Times photo shoot with him. Um he is a lovely, lovely guy. He's amazing. <laughs> Definitely. That's a good choice. So you have your third album that you're working on right now. You, it's slated for fall of this year. Mm-hmm. The Goober Hours resident robot here to tell you that at the time of this interview airing, their third album is actually out right now. It's called Minor Third, and you can hear it on all music platforms. Find it after this interview and get jiggy with it, baby. What else is next for the Relative Miners? What other projects have you got going on? So the yeah, the next album is called Minor Third, and it should be out in in the fall, uh, fall twenty twenty two, sometime in October, I think. Again, it is already out. Seriously, go listen to it. It rocks. And uh, after that, it's kind of open. Like we haven't usually, we've basically plowed through our back catalog at this point. Uh, Almost all of the songs on Minor Third are brand new, uh, which is kind of a little bit exciting and a little bit scary because we've, we've done a lot of the revamping thing. Like I think half of the full circle was old songs. Pretty much all of Play Music was old songs. So we're kind of... Minor Third is all new songs, isn't it? I think it's just the the one uh, nursery rhyme song. Oh, right. That, it was a... Yeah. 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 So, um, yeah, it's kind of open seas, I guess, at this moment for those that aren't aquaphobic. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think we'll definitely... We'll, we've got a Christmas single in the works. I'm not sure if it's going to be this year or next or if we're going to save it for, for the next album. Um, but I'm actually taking a leave right now from being a music teacher with the school board to do um, music composition, orchestral and film score video games. So there'll definitely wow. be a lot more orchestral elements to our next album. 
Yeah, hopefully. We actually talked about potentially doing, I know uh, a lot of kindy bands do this, but potentially doing a, a lullabies uh, set of songs uh, just because it's a really great opportunity to just make something beautiful. Um, yeah. It's right there in the in the genre, um, but kind of a particular subgenre within the genre, mm-hmm. I guess. Um, and it, it lets you do things like play with a harp and <laughs> and uh, uh, Celesta, Celesta and maybe some, <laughs> some more interesting orchestration. Which we do like have that. on our third album. Yeah. We do features. Amazing. Well, I can't wait. But I'm also excited to write some more funny rock songs as well. So, yeah. so we're not going to. It might be a mixed bag. We'll have to say. <laughs> Minor. What, was, what did you say? Minor caution. Minor caution. <laughs> <laughs> Well, for all the listeners out there who have not run uh, to check out all of your music yet while listening, where can listeners find your music? Spotify, YouTube, iTunes, anywhere that you listen to music, you'll find us. Yep, or you can buy CDs if that's your your method on uh, therelativeminers.ca. Well, thank you so much for talking to me. This was a lovely taste of home as I'm out in Los Angeles. It's amazing to talk to fellow Canadian artists. Um, And come back anytime. Come back when the new album's out. Will do. Thanks, Trevor. Thanks a lot. Relative minors. If you are listening to this, send us a message because you're already late for the next interview. Third time's a charm. Everybody tries it twice, then sounds the other.